First of all, I want to thank Yitzhak Mordechai and, and Yaakov for their beautiful words. Yaakov put everything really in the right perspective. <coughs> I knew that this, this day would, would come. And, and while I dreaded the arrival of this day, Rabbi Levin knows that from the beginning, from the first time that we met and from the first time he came to the shul, that I was always dreaming very big dreams for him. And while it's hard for us, and it's wonderful for the community and for the Chevret Anshay Emes, it's the fulfillment of a dream. To be able to, to be able to see Rabbi Levin and his beautiful family spread forth. Today is still Yutas Chav Kislev. It's the Gula of the Balatanya. <coughs> It's hard for me to speak on a personal level. Now, Randy said to me a few minutes ago that she didn't wear any mascara today. She's worried about sight. I said I also didn't put on any mascara. Today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so worried about after to hold my wife's. My wife was mechazik me. <laughs> Every year by the CMHS, I've tried to focus on one aspect of my friend's unique character, the person that he is. But we've all had such honor from all of these years. But today, in the context of the CMHS, I want to speak about the clolius of the person, not a particular aspect of, of our eleven. There's a lotion that the Rambam uses when it comes to the Mitzvah of Ne'er Hanukkah. We don't find anywhere else such a lotion. When he writes, Mitzvah Ne'er Hanukkah, Mitzvah Chavivahi Ad Ma'od. Mitzvah Ne'er Hanukkah, Mitzvah Chavivahi Ad Ma'od. The light of the Hanukkah candle, Chavivahi. It's very, very dear. Chavivahi Ad Ma'od. We see even in Halacha, Taisvis and Sukkah and Afmem Vav talks about the Birchas Haroah, that there's such a bracha that can be made if a person doesn't, is not able to light the Hanukkah candles for whatever reason, that one could be someplace and see the Hanukkah candles in somebody else's window or somebody else's door and can make the bracha of Shas Nisim Avosenu, Birchas Haroah. We don't see this when it comes to other mitzvahs to see somebody else's mitzvah. And to be able to make a bracha, so Taisvah says there in Sukkah, b'nei chavivus hanes. And Amisov feels the chavivus. 
There's a special, special love, a feeling that we have that can't really be explained. The Chavivas to the Ne'er Hanukkah. We try to talk about it to understand. There's a certain Chavivas, so beloved. You all know that everything exists on two basic levels. There's a level of chitzanius and there's a level of primius. External and internal. Outside and inside. <coughs> the chitzanius of the of the Ne'er Hanukkah, the chitzanius of the miracle was that there was a little bit and somehow from that little bit of oil, there was a hisrabus and hischadshas to be able to continue lighting one night, another night, until eight. And eight, of course, means to light the candle forever. <coughs> That's the chitzonius. The pnimius of the Pachshem and the pnimius of the Nechanikis when you have a, a person who feels that he's not capable of really accomplishing that much, he or she feels, I only have a little bit inside of me. How much Torah can I learn? Is it possible for a person like me to actually go through Shas? Is it possible for a person like me to, to be somebody who has a Kriyas Itam day after day? Is it possible? So part of the Chavivus of Rabbi Levin, of Rabbi Yoni, and the family being with us, in particular in the context of the Siyam Hashas. is exactly this. Each one of us has within us some oil. There are those who have for those who are blessed with a tremendous amount of, of shaman's eyes, of light, and the ability to ignite that candle. There's some who have less. Hashem created in such a way. But each and every one of us needs a special sadik in our lives. A Rebbe, a friend, if you're blessed with a good friend, if you're blessed with a good husband, a good wife, that is able to bring about a nice Hanukkah in your own life. That from the little bit that you felt that you had, and the and the inability to really accomplish great things, that Sadiq, that Rebbe that friend, that husband, that wife, is able to bring about in your life a nice Hanukkah. That you see that you're able to accomplish much more than you ever dreamt of. There's a beautiful lesson in the Medrash I wanted to share with you. The Medrash is going on the post that we just said in Krishma, Shonach Mitzav Chahayom. Hashem as well says, Hashanah Mitzvah Hayom today. So the Medrash says on that, I'm sure many of you, it's a famous Medrash. Shalitaymar, any Yochel Lishmo is called a Torah. 
The Medrash says, don't say that you're not capable of hearing the entire Torah, of learning all of Torah. You're not capable of making a Siyam You're not capable of, of Shnai Mikra Echa Targum every year. You're not capable of, of uh, Siyam Mishnai, so whatever it is. You're not capable. Don't say that. The feeling that a person has is that the Torah is the Torah is so big, the Torah is so big, it's huge, and I'm so little. The Torah is. The Torah says, a king who had a borah pit that was very very deep. And he instructed, he instructed his son or somebody from the household, for hire workers who would fill, who would fill the the bar. the one who was foolish, would take a look at the, at the depth of this pit of this bar. Vaiman he would say, When how is it possible for me to even how could I how could I fill this this bar? How could I do this? That's the fool. But the wise person says, My ichpasli. What do I care? My ichpasli. Skir Yomani. I'm a day laborer. I'm a day laborer. I wasn't hired to hold, I'm a schir yom. And this is what Kashbarakul says to each and every one of us. Ma ich paslecha. Or in Ezra, ma ich patlecha. What do you care? Schir yom ata. You're a day laborer. I say, Yomcha, do the job that you can do this day. I show Nochi Mitzavcha Hayoim. So I think that, again, within the Mizgeris of the Siyam Hashas, that none of us take for granted. As Yitzhak Mordechai was saying in Yaakov, we don't take this for granted. That that Rabbi has been for us a tremendous a tremendous reminder of what it means to be a schir young, what it means to be a hard-working day laborer. I can tell you that from my perspective, thinking back over the years, and I've mentioned this many times to my wife, I can't recall one time over all of the years that I ever asked Rabbi to do something, to help with something. I can't remember one time that he said an explanation why you can't and it's not good. I can't remember not even one time. And it wasn't even with hesitation. It was always, of course, yes. And here I want to make a very important aura that I never ever referred over the years to, to my dear friend next to me here as an assistant. I'm, I'm not a magician or something. And I don't have any assistance. And that's why, in the purest sense, I really have never taken any assistance. And, I'm, and I've been faithful to what I used to say years ago, that I don't want an assistant. <laughs>
There's not, I don't have an assistant. Except for Jeremy. <laughs> Rabbi Levin is, has never been my assistant. He's been my Yedid Nefesh. And he knows that that's how I always have related to him. And, and therefore, whenever I've heard that, like at a chasna, someone will call him up as a sister, I cringe to hear the words, and I've asked people, please don't say that. This, this, these past years have been uh, a mutual undertaking of work of friends, of colleagues. <coughs> a shutfus. And for that... I feel a tremendous chavivus. And we feel the chavivus for that inspiration of what each one of us can accomplish. You don't have to fill up the bar. Each one of us is a schir yom. The Rebbe has each one of us has been hired as day laborers just to do, to do better, to do more. And Rabbi Levin, every single, every single word of Torah that comes out of his mouth and every single one of these human and every day of his life is is a chizik to each one of us, what it means to be a faithful, loyal, hard-working, schir yom, a real day laborer of Hashem Because otherwise you can't go through shas like that. You can't accomplish what, what he has accomplished. Only with this way of Hashem hayam. But that's only the chitzonius of the chavivus. What I've just said was, is the chitzonius of the chavivus. The panemius of the chavivas of, of, of Rabbi Yoni is something which is very, very difficult to put into words. I don't think I can. The panemius of the chavivas. I've spoken many times over the years that when you look in the Svar Makadosh, you'll see very often, for instance, when the Behman Chaim speaks about Shabbos, and there's nobody who felt Shabbos more than Behman Chaim. When the Bermaim Chaim would speak about Shabbos, he would speak of something called Or HaShabbos, the light of Shabbos, the Lechtekai of Shabbos. Can anybody explain what that means, the light of Shabbos? What is the Bermaim Chaim talking about? Can there miss with Torah or the light of Torah? You can walk into a certain house where there's a husband and wife and their children. There are certain homes that when you walk into the house, it's very nice. They're good people, they're a wonderful family. But there are certain homes that when you walk into the home, there's an or of Shalom Bayes. There's a light of a couple. There's a light of parents and children that is something that you can't define, that you can't put into words, a lichtekeit. Everybody learns Torah. There are certain Jews that when you meet them, you talk to them, and after one minute you, you feel, you see something that's called the Arha Torah. It's the, it's the light of Torah. It's something different. This is the light of Hanukkah, the Chavivas. Mitzvah's near Hanukkah, Mitzvah Chavivah, Yad Ma'ayit. The Ramah doesn't explain what that means. Because it's impossible to explain. And Rabbi Yaakov said some some very, very beautiful things, and I have thousands of beautiful things to say. And it's not because I wouldn't keep you for another half hour or so, or another hour or another week or a year. 
It's not because of that. It's because you can't define what that life is. I once told you a story many years ago, since it's the ghoul of the Balatanya. Many years ago, I told you a story. It once happened at the Alta Rebbe after Petersburg, after St. Petersburg, after he was in he was in prison. It happened that he went to visit Chassidim in Shklov. Now, in those days, Shklov, for a Chassid to walk into Shklov was like a was like a soldier going into Gaza. You know, it's a dangerous place for Chassidim in a different way. Not physically, no no Jew would ever harm another Jew, but it was not a welcoming place for Chassidim. But the there were a few Hasidim that had a base medrash there in Shklov. And the Alter Rebbe was traveling and he decided to go visit. And the Misnagdim in Shklov didn't know what to do because on the one hand, he was the Rosh of the Hasidim, but on the other hand, he was universally acknowledged as being a Goyen Oilam. The Valtani was a Goyen Oilam. And the people of Shklov had tremendous derecheres for Tamil Chacham. So, this is what happened. The Ga'inim of Shklov, the Rabbonim, the Rishishivas of Shklov, arranged for a very beautiful Kabbalah Spanim. A very Bekabadik Kabbalah Spanim for the, for the big Tamil Chachman that was coming, for the Malatanya. <coughs> and there was a very long days with all these big Tamil Chachman. And the Balatanya, of course, was called up the Baltanya knew how to say a good pill in learning. Now what was interesting was that it's brought down this farm is that many of these Gainim had little kvitlach on which they had written some ideas that they had, different things that they wanted to ask Kashis. Because this was, I guess, the compromise. We will have the <coughs> Balatanya come here, but we're going to try to slug him up. We're going to try to to beat him at the game of Lambdas. Which most likely there was nobody there capable of that. But that was the idea. So many of them had little kvitlach. With how was that they were thinking about questions? And when the Altar got up to speak, we're told that he said the following. He said, Rabbi Sai Rabbi Sai, I know that you have many questions that you wanted to ask in learning. And Natanya said, I enjoy, I love talking and learning, and we'll talk. But I have a Kabbalah from my Rebbe from the Mizitra Magid, whose yard site was yesterday. I have a Kabbalah from Mizrachamagid that before learning, we should begin with a nigan. Not to Rebbe sang his famous nigan of the four bavas for a long time. It's a long nigan, he sang it over and over. And at some point during the nigan, each one of those, each one of those rabbonim or shashivas, they they, they took the kvitl, they took their little settler and they put it into their pockets and they were just overwhelmed with what was happening. There was a hisgalus of something they had never seen in their lives. And finally, when the Alter Rebbe finished with the niggin, he turned to them and he said, no, Rabbi Sai, 
shoot. And they just looked at him. They didn't know what to say. And Alter said, I have a Kabbalah for my Rebbe as well. That a niggin, a true niggin, a deep niggin, is miyashos akmumiyas alev. It has the ability to straighten out the crookedness of the heart. All of our questions, all of our kashas, all of our confusion comes from akmumiyas alev. From the Eitzadas, Toivera. Mr. Chumagid said that a niggin is able to straighten out the crookedness of the heart. So if someone would ask me, what's the chavivas of my friend over here, Abyoni? Yehudi chaviv hu ad ma'od. And not just of Abyoni, of Randy and the children. The biggest pleasure I have is, is sitting at the same table and watching these kids, the family, the Chavivas of, of the two families, of the Levins, of the Schwartzes, who have been such friends of Eish Kaidish. And have been Mechazagos over the years in so many ways. There's a certain song, a Nigan, the Nigan of the Levin family, the, the Nigan of Rabioni, which we'll miss hearing on a daily basis. As Yaakov said, we're still neighbors, come to the shul, it's lifetime membership here, and then moving on to Yerushalayim, it's lifetime membership. All of us are friends, Yedidim, Yedidim Nefesh. It's not about assistance and rabbis and rabbinical stuff, and it's about deep friendship. And the time has come for us to share some of this light of Hanukkah. This miracle of Rabbi Levin and the family to share with some wonderful Jews who I've heard beautiful things about. I just met two of them. And I was someplace by Simcha and the family where I met one of the Chavra. And Rabbi Yoni has already told me that he sees such potential, such fantastic people who want to grow. So maybe it's presumptuous for me to say that I see this as a, the continuation of what H. Kodesh is trying to accomplish. And I believe that Rabbi Yoni feels this as well. I don't want to speak on his behalf, but it's a continuation of, of taking the Shamus and, 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 and lighting it, continuing with the candle onto another group of wonderful Jews that we began years ago, and this is a new Kehillah. I hope that in Mitzvah over the years that I'll be able to stop by and visit if I'm, if I'm invited. I'd like to go by and check up and see how things are going. And make sure that they're not bothering him, they're treating him properly. I see this as something which is not the end. As far as the Shir Yom, that Sugya, we feel an ending. But as far as the Chavivas of the light of Yabioni, the light of the family, that's not ending. It's, you know, when you take a candle and you put another candle, as the Swarm tells us, it's a wondrous thing about a candle, it doesn't lose any of its light. So, we're not losing any of this light. This light is being, is being used now to move forward and to light more candles. <coughs> the candles should shine brightly for many years. So we'll be able to go with all of our families together, with our keilas together, for that day of Arichas Levani Thank you.
Now, since we're talking a little bit about Hanukkah, so have we got together? To, I'm sure that you have a beautiful menorah at home, and we made sure that you could exchange it if you need to. But we wanted to we wanted to show the that this is what you represent us. So, on behalf of all the Chaverim and the Chaveris of Eish Kodesh, of your Kehillah, of your home, so we present you and the family of this uh, this menorah. Typically, this is uh, very uncomfortable making a scene in a typical year. It's awkward, it's strange, and uh, this year is even more so. I appreciate the uh, lifetime membership, but the, the real question is, do I get the parking spots? No. <laughs> the seat I could do away with. I'd rather sit in the back. But the parking spot, that's... that's that is valuable. So this is not a farewell. <clears throat> just to see him, to see him like I do each year to hopefully inspire people to mechazik and learning. And while I appreciate the beautiful spread and the acknowledgments, some of which were quite exaggerated, and the gift, I have no intent in saying goodbye. Number one is I didn't get the memo. I do have my mascara on today. <laughs> so uh, I don't want to cry. And it's just a new stage in my life, a new stage in our life um, that I hope you will all be continue to be part of as we grow together. So I already said my thank yous at the shul dinner this past year. Now, although back then I didn't know that this was happening now. But the thank yous haven't changed, so the thank yous were taken care of. It's not a goodbye. I just want to make a scene. So each year I discuss a, a different to one of the mashalam, the comparisons of Torah. And this is not the first time that Weimarg and I have spoken about the same theme, sometimes even different locations, the same Shabbos, we spoke about the same concept. But this year I want to discuss, for obvious reasons, and Hanukkah around the corner, the Gemara tells us that Ein Or El Torah, as it says in the Pasuk, Ner Mitzvah, the Torah Or. The Torah is compared to light, it's compared to Orm in some way, and I want to explain that, at least in my understanding, in what way Torah is compared to Orm. So a few years ago, a different opportunity arose, and I was discussing with uh, Weimarger what to do about this position, and when discussing the position, Weimarger had mentioned uh, the rabbi versus assistant rabbi, the marshal he gave was a, a sun and a moon. There's a sun and there's a moon. There's the, the main source of light and there's the reflection of the light. The main rabbi, the helper, everyone occult. And the sun is the essence of the light and the moon is the reflection of that light. Moshe Benu was compared to the sun and Yeshua Benun was compared to the moon, the reflection of Moshe Benu. And eventually, Yeshua became a leader in his own right. Eventually, Yeshua Benun became a son. He became the Shemesh, like the Shemesh. 
But the truth is, even when Yeshua ben Nun was acting as a Shemesh, as a son, as a leader, he was still a moon. He was still reflecting the teachings and Messiah of his Rebbe Moshe ben. Moshe Benu was the essence of light, uh, as the greatest uh, as a human being could become, or when he came into the world, his house was Malay, or it was Kulatov. And that or of Moshe Benu, he passed on to his uh, greatest Talmud, Yeshua Benu. And Yeshua, his life was balancing between being a, an or himself, to being a sun, but also being a moon. He balanced his life between creating his own light, his own path, his own leadership, but at the same time reflecting and continuing the Messiah from Moshe Bain. So every leader, every mashbia, every teacher, every Rebbe is both a sun and a moon. He's a moon in where he reflects his Rebbe and his teachings and Messiah, but he's also a sun. He starts off, goes on his own and shines his own unique touch and flavor within the context of Ashkafa and Halacha and Messiah to his uh, Talmidim, his listeners, his Mispalim. And then those listeners become moons. All the listeners become reflective of the Rebbe's teachings. But the real job of a teacher, the job of a Rebbe, a Rav, is to transform all of his Mispalim, all the many moons, into suns in their own right. That everyone should shine their own Or Torah in their own light. Every Talmud, every Mispalel has the ability to shine. A Rebbe and a Rav is charged with that duty and responsibility to ensure that each person, each family reflects the light of Torah that he gives them, but also their own unique, self-sufficient light. It's something that I experienced here with Rebbe, and something I hope to continue to do, to help everyone balance between a moon and a sun. And the Hanukkah, of course, is the holiday of the lights. It's the Yontif of Or. According to many, it's the Yontif of Rabbi Meir, who is Meir, the world, with his light, the Torah. So I want to share a piece from the Moorinaim, Mosa, whose, whose name means to bring light. And the Mepharshim point out, uh, many of the Hasisha Mepharshim point out and ask the question, how is it, why is it that all the candles, the wicks, and uh, olive, that's puzzle for Shabbos, that the psilos, that you can light on Shabbos, they're puzzle. These wicks and oils, when it comes to Hanukkah, you're allowed to use these oils, you're allowed to use these wicks when it comes to Hanukkah. And so he explains, like many others do, that something unique about Hanukkah yeah, well, Shabbos, Shabbos is a very high day. It's a day full of Kedusha that you have to be prepared. You have to be making yourself. Only certain individuals are able to tap into the Kedusha of Shabbos. Only certain individuals have their whips and oils catch fire. But when it comes to Hanukkah, he writes that the Hanukkah candles have to be lamala migimel, have to be at least three twachim above the ground, so it shouldn't be on the ka'aris michta, it shouldn't be on the ground. But lamata me'asar, ideally it should be lower than ten twachim. The Gemara tells us that the Shechina never comes below 10 Tzvachim. But when it comes to a Nes, a Nes Chanak in particular, Hashem Kaviyachal, Morid Lamata Me'asar, Kaddish Baruch who brings himself, he brings the Shechina down beneath 
the ten tefachim, umiskarev el haadam laashiva lachzira elav. So oftentimes we have to aim high, we have to reach up to Hakadosh Baruch Hu and the ten tefachim. But the Neis Chanukah is a special time where Hakadosh Baruch Hu Kivyachah brings Himself down to us, and He brings us back. And even those psilos who shemadim that ain't malikin ben Shabbos that we don't light, we can't light, we're not allowed to light on Shabbos, malikin ben Bechanukah, we're allowed to, we're supposed to. These are the Bnei Adam that the psilah, the wick, represents the guf of a person, the shema represents the chachma, the neshama, the spirituality, the ruchnius of a person. The psilos of the Bnei Adam, she'en nirlakin b'shabbos, those wicks that we don't light on Shabbos typically, they're because the or ain't nechazba, they don't catch the fire. They don't grasp the Kedusha of Shabbos. But the Psyllus Lot told them they're not the best of wicks. They're not the best of people. V'yef Shalalos, they can't be elevated. But Chanukah, Keshem, Kivyachal, Batma Moridis, Hatma Elhaadam, he comes down, Umachiz, Boesa, Or Halaliko. Kaddish Baruch will make sure that every single wick, every single oil, oil catches fire. Lashuv Lachsel Hashem, Lachsel Hashem, Lachsel Hashem, so that's the celebration of Ner Hanukkah, and the Or in particular that it's a time where no one is left behind. Everyone is included. All types of wicks and oils. And the job of a, a Rav, the job of a Rebbe, and a teacher, and a friend, and a parent is to make sure that we include every single type of person. We bring the light and the darkness of the world, darkness in a person's life, to have them nechaz, to have them catch fire. To go from the moon to reflecting the Rebbe to teaching on their own, to mashbi on their own right. I was talking to a friend of mine who said he wasn't able to come today, but he said, he asked which mushal I was going to discuss, and I said, or, he said, he shared with me a beautiful chidah. Ari Lipsky said, the chidah tells us in the Gemara and Shabbos, a well known Gemara, that a person wants to be Zochatav, to have children. To grow up to be Tamil Chachamim, one has to be Ragabonir, light candles, literally. And there are many explanations what that means exactly, but the Chiyada says as follows. Invokes the Pasuk, Ner Mitzvah Torah Or. When it comes to the Ner Shabbos, when it comes to Ner Chanukah, so you light the candle, you go to the Mitzvah. You light Shabbos candles, you go to the Chanukah candles, you go to the Mitzvah. When it comes to Torah Or, it's not sufficient just to light a candle. It's not sufficient just to be yotze, you, you had your one chavrusa of the day. You have to be mosif, mosif aholich. You have to be rugil, make it regular, make it into a habit. In order to succeed in Limanat Torah, you have to do more than just the bare minimum of mitzvah, of kriyashma, for example. It's not enough to light just one candle, but to be rugil, succeed the basics, succeed whatever you're doing in life. Succeed in whatever your learning schedule is like to, to be most of a holy. Push yourself beyond Dafyomi. Push yourself beyond Shai Mikra. Push yourself beyond whatever it is you're doing. Find more free time to learn. Find the free time to Chavrusa, Chabura, Shir. That's what it means, says the Chida. If you increase, not just the mitzvah, not just the Biyotza. I did my Shai Mikra for the day. I did my Dafyomi for the day. That's not Haragil Baner. Haragah B'ner means to add more candles, add more neros, and then you create the Oratorah. If I may add to the Chidah, 
It's not just the multiple candles of one's own personal light, his personal growth in a mm -hmm. vertical sense, if you will, but perhaps it's also combining together people around them, to combine neiros of individuals. Dibuk learning in a chaburo, learning as a tzibur, as a kehila. And that's how you create a Torah or. You create a, a tzibur like Eish Kodesh has as a Torah or. And through that or, you're able to teach your children what it's like to raise Tamni Chachamim. So a few years ago, Weimar was in a three-month sabbatical or so in Eretz Yisrael, and I was given the reins and the keys of the shul, as crazy as that sounds. And I was speaking in uh, Bayswater, in the young Israel there, it was Thanksgiving, so it's just around almost uh, maybe six years ago or so, seven years ago. And right before you introduced me, and uh, as I was watching over the shul for those few months, they said there's a Misa in the Antwerp, there's a Chasna, and Rav Kreisworth, who was the Mordasra of Antwerp, was at the Chasna, and the Kala Zeda was Rav Donner from England, Hashem So at the Chuppah, there was a big Machlokas. Rav Kreisworth was the Mordasra, and was brought down in Shachanar from Mordasra, there's a Masada Kedushin, but he says, listen, Rav Donner, you are the Zeda of the Kala, it's appropriate that you be the Masada Kedushin. But Rav Dunner said, but you're the Mord Asra, I won't do this in the presence, but you're the Zeda, back and forth, back and forth. And finally, Rav Kreisworth said, okay, I'll tell you what, I'm relinquishing my Rabbanus, I'm pointing you now the Mord Asra of Antwerp. <laughs> so now Rav Dunner says, how do you know I'm going to give it back to you? He says, trust me. <laughs> back to The job of the rabbi is uh, difficult, it's demanding, it's challenging. My experience here in Eish Kodesh has been incredibly rewarding, far outweighing any of the challenges. I'm proud to have Contributed, participated in expanding the Or of Eish Kodesh. At the same time, look forward to our next venture, this wonderful group of families thirsty to grow and to be inspired and to connect and to expand their Torah as well. So let me move aside now. The end of Masechus Nita tells us briefly. <coughs> Those who learn Allah every single day, Samar <laughs> <laughs>